Good morning, everyone. My name is Karen Belita, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. I serve as the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's President of the Board of Trustees. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton is a liberal, multi-generational religious community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free thinking, spiritually questioning individuals joined in common support and action. We welcome diversity, including diversity of beliefs from divine believers to humanists, from pagans to atheists and agnostics. We believe in the compassion of the human heart, the warmth of community, the pursuit of justice and the search of meaning in our lives. Whether you've been part of our congregation for decades or this is your first time visiting, we welcome you. Whatever the faith and traditions of your past, we welcome you. Whatever your theological stance, we welcome you. Whatever your heritage, we welcome you. Whoever you are and whoever you love, we welcome you, the whole of you. We especially welcome any visitors who might be with us today and invite you to join us for conversation in the breakout rooms once the service has ended. We invite you to go to our website and sign into our guest book, which is at uce.ca slash guestbook. Uh, we hope you enjoy your time with us. We acknowledge that we are on Treaty 6 territory, home of First Nations, Métis, Métis and Inuit people over many centuries. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. May we be good neighbors to one another, good stewards to our planet, and good ancestors to all of our children. Good morning. I'm Leanne Washington, and I'm honored to be serving as UCE's interim minister. Our theme for this month is imagination, and today is World Religion Day, a day set aside for fostering understanding and communication between the followers of all religions. Its purpose is to call attention to the harmony of spiritual principles, and the oneness of the world's religions. By doing so, we also recognize the potential for world unity. In the spirit of world unity, I say welcome to this space, this sanctuary of peace, where we come to not only create our best selves, but to also do the work of creating a beloved community. We come together today as individuals much like individual pieces of glass or pottery that are different shapes, sizes, and colors, all of which are broken with imperfect jagged edges, but also are beautiful. While our pieces may not always fit neatly together, it is within this sanctuary guided by our principles that we gather together to create a beautiful mosaic May the brokenness and beauty you find in one another create peace in this space. 
and fill our hearts with love as we create worship together. We begin our time together this morning as Unitarian Universalist congregations do around the world by lighting our chalice. As our chalice is lit, Ruth Patrick will read the words of Sean Trapp, A Fire in the Universe. As we light our chalice, it reminds us of that the fire within ourselves is the same fire that illuminates the universe. It is our reminder that all is connected even though the space of the void is vast. Carl and their experience here is but a blip in the cosmic time. This flame is our promise that in our smallness and our short, short time on this earth, that we intently and deeply with love for one another, with honesty and integrity, to be guided by rational thought and critical thinking, and with a sense of shared responsibility, for as the late astronomer Carl Sagan reminded us, this pale blue dot is the only home we have ever known. Jim Scott, a Unitarian Universalist and former member of the Paul Winter Consort, reminds us of the interconnectedness and abundant natural beauty around us in his song, hymn number 1052, The Oneness. Far there find the key to nature's harmony In an architecture so entwined Like the birds whose patterns grace the sky And carry all who join in love expanding the message of peace will rise in flight Taking the weight of the world upon its wings With the oneness of everything Peace is in the dance of trees who stir before the first breath of wind is yet perceived. Trust in the song, becoming one with the dance, and all mysteries can be believed. Like the sorrow of the clouds, Tears fall carrying on the soil 
undemanding Lessons of love are given that we might rejoice in the music they bring of the oneness of everything from chords that sound of molecules spinning billions to a cell the call resounds afar to the sun who warms the dancing earth and whose song holds it close on the journey of a star songs of lives long past that touch our own are written in forever giving and now to maintain the harmony gives to us all lives worth living for the oneness of everything Still we seek to find a truth That we might understand And reduce to terms defined Vast and immeasurable Time and space All so overwhelmingly designed Oh, passing years, just might I know the faith that winters in the heart to be reborn in spring, to hear and to feel the pulse of life enters my soul as a song to sing. Of the oneness of everything. Community is sharing the joys and sorrows of our lives. If you have a personally significant joy or sorrow, please type it in the, into the chat window at the bottom of the screen where we will be able to see it. I will read them aloud. Your joys and sorrows will be part of our posted recording of the service. If you would not like to have your joy or sorrow available to the public, then indicate that in the chat with the prefix private. And then, share your joy or sorrow. I will do my best to recognize that and to not read it aloud. You may also send your joy or sorrow to candles at uce.ca.
please place your joys and sorrows in the chat window now. Karen lights a candle for her mother-in-law who had her 86th birthday on January 14th, but unfortunately also ended up in the ER on the same day, but she is now resting at home peacefully and in recovery. So we wish her the best, a quick recovery. Ruth offers a candle for her mother, Helen, who has had shots at a senior residence. Susan lights a candle for her nephew who has been unemployed since the spring but has gotten some contract work in his field and continues, I think, probably to look for more, right? We wish him the best. Art lights a candle, welcoming Renee and Bud to our service. They are old friends. Yvonne lights a candle in gratitude for all the helpers and friends in her life. Coralie lights a candle for two dear friends who are going through difficult times. And Reverend Audrey lights a candle sending best wishes to her daughter, Kimberly, who has celebrated her 65th birthday recently. Maladin and Lorraine uh, light a candle in joy for being able to attend today and remembering that they were married at UCE by Reverend John Marsh in 1987. They are currently part of the Baha'i community and delighted to see some familiar faces today. Well, thank you for joining us and sharing your joy. Elaine lights a candle in remembrance of her friend's father, Michael McCaffrey, who lost his life to COVID-19. We share in your sorrow. Sherry lights a candle for Erin, a friend of hers, who's moving up north to live with her father. I'm sorry, let me say that again. 
Sherry lights a candle for Aaron, who's moving up north to live with her father. Shirley lights a candle for her sister-in-law, Roberta, who was the first senior in a personal care home to be vaccinated last Friday. That's good news. Donna lights two candles for two residents in her condo building who are currently recovering from COVID. May their recoveries be swift and full. Ruth lights a candle of gratitude for all those working so hard in Alberta to bring us vaccinations. Jan lights a candle to celebrate that member Elaine has um, a daughter and granddaughter visiting from Vancouver. Hamani lights two candles in remembrance of two dear friends who passed on from COVID. Seeing no more joys and sorrows in the chat room, I will now light one candle for all the unspoken joys and sorrows held within the sanctuary of our hearts and also for all those who have yet to find a spiritual home where they can share their joys and sorrows. Please enjoy a moment of musical meditation with Claude Debussy's Claire de Lune played by Jacob.
As you know, I've lived a multi-faith kind of life. I was born into a moderately liberal Christian family, spent my young adulthood living as a modern Orthodox Jewish woman, and ultimately found my way to Unitarian Universalism. I've been blessed with close personal friends who are Buddhist, Muslim, and indigenous who have generously shared with me their precious experiences and their respective traditions. As I'm sure you've noticed, the Baha'i faith did not make it onto my list. I do not have any friends or acquaintances who are Baha'i, so I've thoroughly enjoyed learning more about this faith. To the extent possible, I always prefer to have someone who practices a religion tell us about it. In that vein, I offer to you the following video produced by a Baha'i organization as a way of reaching out to the rest. Throughout our history, God has sent to humanity educators known as manifestations of God. The teachings they provide have enabled mankind to advance spiritually and embraced arts and sciences. These manifestations have included Abraham, Krishna, Zoroaster, Moses, Buddha, Jesus, and Muhammad. Baha'u'llah, the latest of these messengers, explained that the religions of the world come from the same source and are in essence successive chapters of one religion from God. Baha'is believe the crucial need facing humanity is to find a unifying vision of the future of society and of the nature and purpose of life. Such a vision unfolds in the writings of Baha'u'llah. Baha'is believe in the oneness of God and religion, the oneness of humanity and freedom from prejudice, the inherent nobility of the human being, the progressive revelation of religious truth, the development of spiritual qualities, the integration of worship and service, the fundamental equality of the sexes, the harmony between religion and science, the centrality of justice to all human endeavors, and the importance of education. Baha'is try to define their inner lives in accordance with the teachings of Baha'u'llah. The community to which they belong is one of learning and action. Baha'i communities are free from any sense of superiority or claim to exclusive understanding of truth. Baha'is share a common goal of serving humanity. It is a community that strives to cultivate hope for the future of humanity, to foster purposeful effort, and to celebrate the work of all those in the world who strive to promote unity. Much of what is foundational to the Baha'i faith is also found in our seven principles. Ruth Patrick will now remind us of our seven principles. As a Unitarian Universalist congregation, we hold seven principles as strong values and moral guides. We live out these principles within a living tradition of wisdom and spirituality that affirms and promotes the inherent worth and dignity of every person, justice, equity, and compassion in human relations, acceptance of one another, and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. 
a free and responsible search for truth and meaning, the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and in society at large. The goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all, and respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. And with that, I just want to declare we're done. <laughs> but I, I won't. I, I would like for us to go a little deeper into the Baha'i faith and, uh, and into a bit of their vision for how the world would be if we were all following the Baha'i faith principles. So World Religion Day is an observance that was initiated in 1950 by the National Spiritual Assembly of the Baha'i of the United States. World Religion Day is generally celebrated worldwide on the third Sunday in January each year with the idea that when representatives of different religions and cultures meet for fellowship and an exchange of ideas, these people grow in respect for each other and are strengthened in their efforts to encourage this respect in the local community and in the world at large. Though initiated in the United States, World Religion Day has come to be celebrated internationally by followers of the Baha'i faith, as well as followers of other faiths who recognize the value of honoring respecting and celebrating the world's religions and their role in the ultimate achievement of peace throughout the world. Increasingly, World Religion Days are being organized and sponsored by interfaith or multi-faith groups and are being recognized by local and provincial civic governments through proclamations and the issuance of stamps. So I thought it would be appropriate to share with you a little about the Baha'i faith. You may have already discerned from the video and Ruth Patrick's reading of our seven principles that Unitarian Universalists and the Baha'is share many values. Again, this information that I share with you comes from my recent research and not from my own experience. You are encouraged to do your own research to learn more about the Baha'i faith. Most of what I share with you today comes from a website, Baha'i.org, which represents itself as the website of the worldwide Baha'i community. I note later that a portion of my presentation or discussion this morning comes from Wikipedia and the sources cited in its article on Baha'i faith. So I apologize to those who are visiting us from the Baha'i faith if I in any way misrepresent the faith or uh, the people who follow it. I am trying to be as authentic as I can as a non-practitioner. And after the service, we do have discussion groups and we'd love to have you stay in the main room um, if you are willing to to engage in a, in a conversation with us. 
Baha'is believe that throughout history, God has sent to humanity a series of divine educators known as manifestations of God, whose teachings have provided the basis for the advancement of civilization. These manifestations have included Abraham, Krishna, Zoroaster, Moses, Buddha, Jesus, and Muhammad. These are names most of us are familiar with. Baha'u'llah, the latest of these messengers, is the founder of the Baha'i faith. Baha'i faith. Baha'is believe that the religions of the world come from the same source and are in essence successive chapters in one religion. From the article on the Baha'i faith found in Wikipedia, I found a succinct statement of what is unique about the faith, its belief in progressive and continuous revelation of one religion. Each successive revelation by the source is tailored to the society to which it is revealed. The article explains that Baha'is believe God to be generally regular and periodic in revealing God's will to humankind through messengers and prophets, which are named manifestations of God. Each messenger in turn establishes a covenant and founds a religion. This process of revelation is also never ceasing which is contrary to many other belief systems that believe in a finality in their own prophet or messenger. The differences in the revelation brought by the manifestations of God is stated to be not inherent in the characteristics of the manifestation of God, that is the prophet who is speaking, but instead is attributed to the various worldly, societal, and human factors. These differences are in accordance with the conditions and varying requirements of the age and the spiritual capacity of humanity. These differences among the religions are seen to be needed since human society has slowly and gradually evolved through higher stages of unification and from from the concepts of family to tribes and then states and nations. Thus, religious truth is seen to be relative to its recipients and not absolute. While messengers proclaim eternal moral and spiritual truths, they also change these declarations to reflect the particular spiritual and material evolution of humanity and society at the time of the appearance of the messenger. And the Baha'i view, since humanity's spiritual capacity and receptivity has increased over time, the extent to which these spiritual truths are expounded and understood are changed over time. Baha'is believe that the crucial need facing humanity is to find find a unifying vision of the future of society and of the nature and purpose of life. Our theme for January is imagination. So let's take a moment to imagine what the world would be like if everyone shared in just two aspects of the Baha'i vision. There are more aspects, 
and you don't want me to spend hours and hours this morning explaining them all. So I have chosen just two. These two aspects should resonate with us as Unitarian Universalists. I will be referring to some writings of Abdul Baha, the eldest son of the Baha'i messenger and founder Baha'u'llah, and who served as head of the Baha'i faith from 1892 until 1921. So in the world envisioned by Baha'is, there would be no discrimination or prejudice. Men and women would be equally educated and share the same rights. There would be no distinction based solely on gender. Likewise, there would be no distinction based solely on skin color. Abdul Baha wrote in the Promulgation of Universal Peace that one whose thought is pure, whose education is superior, whose scientific attainments are greater, whose deeds of philanthropy excel, be that one man or woman, white or a person of color, is entitled to full rights and recognition. There is no differentiation whatsoever. Following from that notion is the notion that there be no extremes of wealth and poverty. It is unconscionable for one person to have immense amounts of money, while in the same society, another has so little and is living in life-threatening circumstances. Again, Abdu'l-Baha wrote in Paris Talks, another one of his writings, that the arrangements of the circumstances of the people must be such that poverty shall disappear, that everyone, as far as possible, according to rank and position, shall share in comfort and well-being. He wrote in the promulgation of universal peace that the ideal would be for the rich inhabitants of a city to say, it is neither just nor lawful that we should possess great wealth while there is abject poverty in this community. And then that they willingly give their wealth to the poor, retaining only as much as will enable them to live comfortably. Wow. Living in a time where the disparity between those who are very wealthy and those who are very poor grows greater and greater and greater, around the world, and particularly from my perspective in the United States, in the United States, living in this situation, wouldn't it be wonderful if instead our societies and our governments and our politicians took seriously this Baha'i principle? Imagine if the basic tenets of all the world's religion were actually taken seriously at the very least. Men, women, whites, and people of color would actually be treated equally and with worth and dignity. And being treated that way, everyone would be educated. 
and everyone would be ensured at least a basic and comfortable living. What creativity and compassion would be released by the worldwide adherence to just those two Baha'i principles? People who are in pain and suffering and struggling just to find their next meal would have their energies and imaginations released to help us improve the human condition and better understand each other. That's a different world and a world well worth imagining. Generosity is a spiritual practice, one that enlarges the heart, enlightens the spirit. For no matter how much or how little we have in the sharing of it, both the one who gives and the one who receives are blessed. We are a self-governing and self-supporting community. We rely on your donations to support our staff and offer our programs. Now more than ever, we need your financial support. Please visit our website at uce.ca to find the donation method that best suits you. For the month 
of January, we encourage you to also support Change for Children. Please visit their website for more information about them and how you can donate to support them. With mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 402 from You I Receive. Before we bring our time together to a close, I'd like to recognize and thank those who have made this time together possible. Our host and greeter, Jeff Bizantz, our slide creator and slide runner, Karen Belita, our readers, Karen Belita and Ruth Patrick, our breakout rooms manager, Gloria Krenbrink, and our backup person, Ruth Marriott. This World Religion Day reminds us that in some ways, all religions are connected. As a Unitarian Universalist congregation, we have a mission which is represented by the words searching, learning, connecting, and serving. You see these words monthly on the newsletter and weekly on the Friday email. I would like to turn your attention for a moment to connecting. During this time, congregational mission, our congregational mission to connect deeply and meaningfully with each other is more difficult than it is normally. I humbly suggest that you not wait for someone to do the connecting for you. For that isn't really what connecting is all about or what living into our mission is all about. I invite you to find your copy of the church membership directory and make two telephone calls this week. Look into the directory. You'll find friends and members listed with phone numbers and emails. If you don't have your directory, contact our administrator, Janet Pakowski, and she will make sure that you get one. I I'm challenging you to make two telephone calls this week. One call to someone you know well and haven't spoken to in a while. And one call to someone you don't know very well, or possibly you don't know at all. Introduce yourself and then do an informal check-in. Now I know some of us feel very shy, sometimes awkward, in such situations. So I'm going to suggest just a couple of questions that you might use to get the conversation rolling. So you might ask things like, what has been most difficult during this time of COVID-19? Like, what changes have you had to make that, that were challenging to you? And on the other side, what unexpected benefits have there been for you during this time of COVID-19? What do you miss the most? Have you developed any new interests or activities? Have you strengthened any of your relationships, say with family members or friends? 
And then you can also ask, what can we do as a community to make things better for you? I suggest that everyone here do this. Some of us will get multiple phone calls. Wouldn't that be lovely? Jot down any suggestions that you hear in your conversations and you can share them, sending them to me or to um, our office administrator, Janet, so that we will know ways in which our members and our friends could be helped through this difficult time. Connecting is as simple as picking up the phone. Theodore Parker, believing that our religion also imagines a world of peace and unity, encourages us to spread it. He entreats us, be ours a religion, which like sunshine goes everywhere. It's temple, all space. It's shrine, the good heart. It's creed, all truth. It's ritual, works of love. It's profession of faith, divine living. We conclude our service by extinguishing the chalice and singing our closing song. Ruth Patrick will remind us of one of my favorite statements of connection. It is, it was, a, or I would say it's attributable to because it's not quite clear if in fact John Wesley said this, but it's attributable to John Wesley, who was the founder of uh, Methodism. So listen carefully to what he says. Listen for that connection. You might miss it. As we extinguish our chalice and return to moving about in society, let us live into our own commitment to peace and unity by heeding the admonition attributed to John Wesley, founder of the Methodist Church. <clears throat> Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Amen. With mics muted, please join us in singing our closing song, Carry the Flame. Before you take a short comfort break, I want to talk to you about something. We've canceled the teas with Reverend Leanne and the interim transition team for lack of participation. This was an opportunity to get to know me and each other more deeply and to discuss things like Reverend Brian's retirement, COVID-19, 
and our hopes and desires for the future of UCE. In the several weeks that signups were available, only four people signed up for any of the many opportunities that were available. So I and the interim transition team in consultation with the board will be discussing other ways for us to connect. Right now, you have ways to connect that I want to remind you of. Every week, you are invited to join the Tuesday and Thursday Lunch Bunch from 12 to 2. And on Wednesdays, you're invited to join me for a Lunch and Learn, also from 12 to 2. If these opportunities continue to be poorly attended, unfortunately, they too will end up being canceled. And that, I think, would be a shame. So I'm suggesting that you think in terms of beginning to take advantage of these new opportunities so that they will be there for you and for others as we continue for months in this unfortunate situation of COVID-19 restrictions. It's up to us to connect with each other. And finally, we've had two Saturday night social opportunities in uh, January, and we've had very modest involvement. I have enjoyed two really interesting and thought-provoking heartfelt uh, discussions and experiences, and I'm sorry that you've missed it. There are, therefore, numerous opportunities right now to connect with each other, which have not been available previously, and if not taken advantage of and not enjoyed, will not be available in the future. Um, I'm not trying to impose anything on you. I'm just trying to make sure that you understand what is currently available, that you do have ways to stave off feelings of loneliness and, and lack of connection. And if you have direct suggestions for other ways in which we can meet this need and minister to each other, please feel free to email me or to email um, our office administrator, administrator, or to email Karen Belita. We will share what we receive. Now, please feel free to take a short comfort break or watch our weekly announcements as they slide by. In a few minutes, you'll be randomly placed in breakout rooms for coffee and a chat. I will remain in the main room for general conversation. And to answer any questions or receive any comments you may have about today's service, you're free to decline being placed in a breakout room, or you can go to your assigned break, breakout room, enjoy some conversation, and then return to the main room when you're ready. I will stay in the main room for about an hour. <laughs> 